We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. If you missed any of the last segment, we focused on how God defines success and the difference how, and how God sees success and how often we see success and especially how the world sees success. And you're going to hear the word success a lot in this segment because we're talking about men and women who were truly successful, although the world would certainly not say that they were. Now, in the very beginning of the last segment, we made a caveat. We, we had to explain something in how this show, talking about success, has already failed in a whole bunch of different ways. And one of those is because, Jeremy... I have to throw to you for this. We're missing some people. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, they're just late showing up. They're not here. It's and just, not coming. No, and, you know, this this happens. This is radio, people. But, you know, we it, it does provide a good point that no matter how much preparation you do, no matter how hard you try, sometimes things just don't come together. Right. And But we have a God who takes our failures, our hang-ups, our, you know, missteps— and he uses those for his glory. So we believe that even though Wesley's out and Jordan is out, that TJ and I can still put on a good program all <laughs> to the glory for God. There you go. And if it is a good program, it is to the glory of God because we don't have the skill for it. So, But one of the things uh, you know, we talked about in the last segment was we talked about Bible characters. We talked about Peter and Noah and John the Baptist, and we didn't have time to get to everybody that we wanted to within Scripture. But in this segment, we want to focus on some people a little more contemporary Jeremy, and uh, and for this, uh, you've got a great resource for our for our listeners. A little book that you have read through. What's the name of that book? The name of the book is "Singing in the Fire." It's by Faith Cook. She has written several um, biographies. They're all put out by the Banner of Truth Trust. If you go on uh, the Google and you Google Banner of Truth, Google we'll provide Singing a link in the to Fire. That in the yeah, we'll put, we'll put up a, a link for that. But it's a compilation of Christians living in adversity, but there's a couple of stories in here that show people who, by the world's standard, failed, whether they were martyred for their faith, whether they were missionaries, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about a man named Alan Gardner here in, Mm -hmm. in just a minute. But TJ, I think before we go on, there is a word uh, that we need to insert because it it weaves through every person we've talked about, whether it was Noah in the last segment, whether it was Peter in the last segment, or whether it's one of the several missionaries we're going to talk about in this segment. And that word is obedience. Mm-hmm. That is a definition of success according to the Bible is our obedience. Now, we can have the conversation about how much of our obedience is tainted by sin and whether we can be obedient. Uh, you know, the Lord gives us that obedience. He, he, in the whole work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, allows us to be obedient because otherwise we're just thinking entirely of ourselves. But that's another show. But what <laughs> we're talking so. about here is these men and, and women were obedient to the Lord. And because of that, in kingdom currency, I guess is a popular word we could say these days. Mm-hmm. Kingdom or God's currency, economy. God's economy. They are huge successes. 
Yeah, and I think that that is something that we should draw such inspiration from because like you were talking about, even uh, within this episode, things have happened that are simply outside of our control. It got us completely out of our comfort zone. Uh, But there again, the question has to come. And I think that each of these missionaries would echo this question. And I think that it's so applicable for our lives how do do we want to put more faith in ourselves and in our abilities to bring in our success or is our faith going to be in God who can use even our object failures or something that we would see as a failure and use it for his glory and to to magnify his name and i think when we come to situations with that perspective, where it is about God's name, where it is about I am called to obedience rather than success, I think that that can change and alter the way that we we view everything, the way that we approach uh, not just the problems that's before us, but also the way we approach the solutions once we find them. Because the solutions could be something that we would think, oh, that's nuts. That's never going to work. And when I look at Noah and, you know, in a world where, uh, you know, I've read a lot of commentators say it had never rained before. Uh, And when he's building a boat out in the middle of nowhere, that would make no sense. And yet he was obedient to the calling of God. And so I think it also touches on an area where we need to go. And that's knowing that you do indeed have a calling from God. If you're a believer in Christ, you have a call from God. And, you know, TJ, one of the things we could focus in on is when it comes to results, which is what the world is looking for, we live in a a results-based world, the results are not up to us. And that's the great thing about obedience to God instead of obedience to the world is, is when you're obedient to the world, the world expects results. When you're obedient to God, God produces the results. Right. And and he is faithful Mm-hmm. in doing that. And that's one of the things, uh, so there's a missionary in the book that you're talking about, uh, or that you've been reading, and the name of that again is uh, Singing, Singing in the Fire Singing in the Fire by Faith Cook. And, and there's a guy in there who only had a single convert. Well, no, his, he's not in the book. Oh, he's not in that book. Okay, so no, we were talking no, about a different guy. we were talking guy. about Alan Gardner. He is in the book. Okay. Uh, the, the, single car, uh, the single convert you're talking about is a man named Dr. William Leslie. Uh, in 1912, he went to live and minister to tribal people in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. After 17 years, he came back to the United States, a discouraged man, believing he had failed to make an impact for Christ and died nine years after his return. So here's a guy, a doctor, a medical missionary. He goes to the Congo. He's there 17 years, and he comes home believing he had not made a single convert, believing that he was an abject failure. Mm-hmm. 17 years. you got to think also, too, the last nine years of his life, how heavy do you think that weighed on oh him? Oh, my goodness. If the yeah. Lord, we don't know, I don't know if the Lord brought him comfort, which he is our only comfort. I don't know what kind of comforts and assurances the Lord gave to him, but you have to know that somewhere in the back of his mind, the devil always nagged him, saying, you were a failure. Right. What were you doing? You wasted your time. You mm-hmm. wasted resources that could have gone to another missionary. All of these things, absolutely, we know Satan attacked him with that. You're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio, and I've got a question for you. How do you define success in your life? Uh, if you were to go on the mission field and only have a single convert, 
Would you be okay with that? Would you trust God with that? That's what we're talking about here is we're talking not just about what was this guy's name? This Jeremy? was Dr. William Leslie. William Leslie. Uh, not just about him, but there is a guy that you've mentioned a couple of times now. Well, let me give the good. Uh, let me give yeah, the good go ahead, news yeah, about good Dr. News, Dr. Dr. Leslie story. because I think we would be remiss. Now, you remember how we said earlier that the results are not up to us, and I think that this is a clear case of that. That Dr. Leslie was obedient. He went to the Congo. He went to the Congo for 17 years and faithfully preached the gospel. As far as you know, we have in, in the histories. What ended up happening was in 2010. Okay, 2010, almost 80 something years. After he came back from the Congo, about 70 years after he died, yeah, um, there was a group that went into the Congo. And do you know what they found there? They found a series of small churches that had branched off from a main church. They had built a thousand-seat stone cathedral in one of the villages. And when they found that they could no longer hold that many people in there, and people would come from miles to worship at this cathedral. And when that was too much, too many people were coming, they set up satellite churches. We, we would call satellite churches today, but they planted churches. This tribal system in the Congo of Africa set up a church plant system off of their main church. And while they had a heart, they, they had to go back and they had to research where did where did this come from? They traced it Back to Dr. Leslie, who, through his faithfulness, through his obedience, went to the Congo, labored there for 17 years, came home believing he was a failure. And it turns out that there is a whole group of people there who trace the roots of their faith back to the gospel that was planted by Dr. William Leslie. And, you know, they, they speak Yanzi there, and there's no Bible in the Yanzi language, but they use a French Bible. So oh, that was cool. all that was available. And so Dr. Leslie, apparently, he, he crossed the Kwailu River once a year and spent a month traveling through the jungle, teaching the Bible, teaching tribal children how to read and write, talking about the importance of education and telling Bible stories, sharing the gospel, um, and... It, the gospel took root, and even though he left believing he was an abject failure, a mighty tree sprang up in his roots. Mm-hmm. And there again, it goes back to the truth that you were mentioning earlier, that the results are not in our hands. No. The, the results are not our responsibility, and that is such a freeing reality when we stop and think, okay, God has called me to a work, to doing something and I'm not responsible for what he does with it. Yeah, you're responsible to be obedient. You're responsible to be, be a good faithful. steward. Be faithful. So we're not saying that, you know, we're not you saying can just be go lazy and, slack and don't off. do anything. Yeah, no. But I mean, if you're, if God tells you to go forth and preach, the Lord will provide. The Lord will bring the flock. The Lord will provide everything that you need to be successful in his mind, no matter what the world may define as success. Yeah, and I think that the the big thing there, too, is be encouraged, even when you're not seeing movement, when you're not seeing fruit. If you're being faithful, that is the point. Let's get to, because we've mentioned Alan Gardner a few times. Tell us his story real quick. Well, uh, doctor, I I keep wanting to, (laughs) I'm just bestowing doctorates today. Alan Gardner was born in Berkshire in 1794. 
Uh, he joined the Navy and sailed all the way up until 1823 when he got married, but he became a Christian, and he felt a calling by the Lord to go to Tierra del Fuego, which if you which are... Which is really fun to say. Yeah, if you're not fluent, that is an island that is in the Pacific. It's near Papua New Guinea and Patagonia and around there. And that was where he felt called. He felt a calling to go and to share the gospel with the tribal people living in that area. And that area is really well known for uh, rough seas and storms, Mm -hmm. which is important. Extremely difficult to get to. Um, And there was no place for them to set up in port, so they had to rely on uh, supply ships to come and to bring them supplies, food and water and gunpowder for them to hunt game. Well, what ended up happening was when they came there, things became a failure for them Mm -hmm. uh, due to the rough seas and the weather and ships sinking. and Right. They had a couple of dinghies sink. Uh, Then they ran out. Well, they were starting to run out of food. They were supposed to be resupplied from England. uh, And I think they had three different attempts. Uh, to get resupplied, and each one of those failed. Mm -hmm. And so they've got men uh, on the shore that are experiencing scurvy. Five of them. There were five men Five men of scurvy. They're sick. I mean, they're they're dying uh, is what's happening. And and so Alan Gardner is just, he's the leader and feels the weight of that responsibility um, of being a failure. Yeah. And all these things. And they weren't discovered until four months later after everyone had passed away. Finally, a resupply ship came, but they had no water. They had no food. They had no gunpowder to hunt food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the natives kept uh, coming and taking their supplies. But here is, in his last letter to his wife, written a week before his death, Gardner writes, I'm passing through the furnace, but blessed be my heavenly shepherd. He is with me and I shall not want He has kept me in perfect peace, and my soul rests and waits upon only him. All I pray is that I may patiently await his good pleasure, whether it be for life or for death, that whether I live or die, it may be for his glory. TJ, we realize now that in God's sovereignty, stories of these failures are not meant to discourage us, but to encourage us. Right, and I think that... And now let's bring this home, because again, we could say, oh, well, man, if only I had that faith. The thing is, that faith is accessible to us. Mm. Um, We have to cry out to the Holy Spirit and say, Spirit, give me that faith, birth that faith within me. And so I want to take just a second, Jeremy, and talk about some some, uh, really faithful people, some successful people that we don't know their names. We'll never know their names. And this is the, the housewives that stay home and they invest in their children, the moms who go and work really hard at their jobs and then come home and and disciple their children, the fathers who are faithful to their wives and who parent their children. Now, Jeremy, you've got six children. I've got three. Wesley has one. Jordan is, again, has a newborn at home. And so we feel the responsibility of that. But, Jeremy, we need to be encouraged because... Parenting is not something where you get to see fruits immediately. No, no, you are uh, just like Dr. Leslie. You are planting seeds for down the road, seeds that may not take blossom until after you're gone. And there's a lot of times where you try things and all you see are ships just catching fire and burning, 
you know, like they did for Gardner, or you're waiting for resupply and it never comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there again, it comes back down to are we going to trust God with the results, especially when it comes to our children, or are we going to put the faith in ourselves? That's right. And so when we rest in God, when we are obedient, when we are faithful, we can fully rely on him who has begun a good work in us to fulfill it to the end. I want to leave us with Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Stay true to that truth. Stay close to that truth this week. As you've been listening on EngageMagazine.net on American Family Radio, thank you for listening. And as always, share truth and apply scripture.